thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel as we get ready for the countdown to Townsville this weekend. Craig, are you ready? Yes, I am. It's a race that it's hard to believe. It's crept up on me. It's hard to believe it's been there for 10 years. And interesting over the years how it's changed. I do uh, famously remember when they decided they'd run the same format as Clipsal and have two 250 races and I, I vividly remember Garth Tander saying to me it wasn't worth the extra 50 kilometres or uh, <laughs> he, he, and I said well where were you running at 200 he said I wasn't leading but it was still a boring race <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me well you know it's a it's an interesting one still um, this year of course we've got the Super 2's running again, again this weekend uh, we've come off a, a successful Darwin. The most recent race winner was Dave Reynolds, and Dave's become a bit of a pin-up boy uh, around the media world. He seems to have been uh, appearing on lots of different places, and uh, both Penwright and uh, the team of Erebus have been getting uh, plenty of coverage, which is terrific because Penwright is a local brand of oil, and they deserve it. And while I might not agree politically with uh, Betty Clemenko, I certainly respect both uh, Barry Ryan, the guys of Alistair McVean, Braun Beasley, and all the others in the Erebus fold. So it's fantastic for them. We're lucky enough to be joined today for a chat with Dave Reynolds. But before we get there, let's just have a brief look back. Now, last week we had a, a pleasure of having Nathan Prendergast on, and lo and behold, the week after we talked to him, they picked up a Logie. That's right. Supercars Media have picked up their seventh, well, it's not the seventh for Supercars Media, but the seventh Bathurst Award, a Logie Award for the best sports coverage uh, for the last year. And all those seven haven't all appeared within the uh, domain of Avesco and Tiger and, and all the different names that they've been under, because some of them happened in the days when Channel 7 covered it, back in the uh, 1970s when they introduced... Race cam. It was a fascinating time, was it not, Craig? It, it was, and it, you know, revolutionised motorsport coverage on television. Formula One hits revenues now have a lot to thank for the the team in the technical department at Channel 7. NASCAR has uh, benefited from it because they adopted it very early and, uh, well... It, it then took its way, you know, the, the track cam uh, that we see. Uh, it became a camera that they used in golf on greens. And uh, it's been, you know, it did revolutionise televised sport. Uh, stump cam in cricket can trace its lineage back to some of those developments in the uh, ATN7 technical department, which once again shows the ingenuity of Australians and uh, their willingness to uh, give something a go. Even uh, Hamburger Cam, you know, that is uh, Hamburger Cam now on the coverage. It's just, uh, and you would remember this, the Periscope Cam, it's just the new version of the the Periscope Cam, of course. Uh, Now the technology, you can have the camera inside that little hamburger on the roof, but uh, 
back when Jim Richards was running around with it, it was a full-size camera and uh, a number of mirrors to be able to get the image from the top of the roof and give that 360 degrees. And every time that we see a coverage of uh, motorsport in Australia, we can enjoy that curb cam. And once again this weekend, Townsville will be on free-to-air television, both Saturday and Sunday. I think it's midday to mid to 6 p.m., uh, which is fantastic because uh, it's an important part of our sport, getting it out there and uh, letting people see it. So this week uh, we've got uh, Dave Reynolds, uh, which will come up after the break, as well as Jeff Slater, uh, Jeff Doc Slater, has a doctorate in engineering, and he's in charge of the Kostecki brothers racing a three-car team. They're not all brothers, two brothers and one cousin, but they all run as Kosteckis, and uh, they'll be up later on in the show. But first of all, after the break, we'll have Dave Reynolds discussing both on Hidden Valley and Townsville. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're fortunate enough to be with the winner of the very last race in the 2018 Championship. That's been Dave Reynolds, who won race 16 in Hidden Valley. Welcome on board, David. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. Well, it's wonderful to uh, get you back. I, I know you've uh, been busy since uh, Hidden Valley, uh, getting ready this week, uh, heading to Townsville. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, been here, there and everywhere. Bali, Adelaide, Mount Isa. Uh, the last is the West Island, so it hasn't been um, not, not a lot of rest. Now, there's a lot of things that came out of Hidden Valley. One was that you retained your uh, qualifying form in both races on both days. Um, previously, I understand that the team felt that it usually took them until Saturday night to get the speed right, but now you had it on Friday night. Yeah, uh, well, Saturday hasn't been, traditionally Saturday hasn't been the best form for us, like our best race or best race format, I suppose. You know, the, the, we were a little bit weak in our pit lane time with our, with our guns and our tyre changes, so Saturday, the, you generally don't put fuel in, so it's all, it's all just about the tyre change, you know, time, and most you know, the good teams do three, four seconds. We do five, sort of five, six, maybe. Yep. We always lose a little bit. We always lose a couple of positions and that. So on the back foot. But on the Sunday, there's a fuel, there's a fuel time stop. So, you know, at worst, the boys have to change the tyres in 10 seconds, which they can do that pretty easily. So uh, we've got a better chance to win on the Sunday. Because so many of your team are guys who are new to the series and new to motor racing, that or top-level motor racing, I understand that there's quite a number there who followed the sport for a long time, but suddenly they're in the deep of it. Yeah, true. Um, that was part of Barry's, you know, philosophy, I suppose, when he first, when he you know, started this team, started 2016. He didn't want anyone from another team. He wanted to start with his own crew. So most, majority of the people in our team haven't really been part of the sport before. Yeah. But actually, you know, we're all kind of growing and learning together. Yeah, yeah, indeed. It's kind of, cool. it's kind of a different, different, different thing. Like, obviously... We've got um, Al's from another 
team because you know engineering you need experience. We've got a couple of couple of guys around there that uh, have been part of other teams, but majority they've never they're part of they've been part of motorsport before, so they understand racing, but not the actual cars. Well, I, I've certainly known Barry since he was a number three for John Faulkner back in about '95, six, something like that. So um, he's been around the sport a while, as as his father has as well. But um, looking back at the most recent event, um, last year you guys you got a seventh and eighth, and you know at the time you probably were maybe not satisfied, or but your expectations weren't as high as they are now. But seventh and eighth, and this year you've come back with a third and a first. Um, when you look at uh, uh, Townsville last year. Um, that was also similarly your ninth and eleventh in those races. Now I'm sure your expectations are much higher because of the success you've had. Yeah, exactly. Our our uh, relative pace, I suppose, or our competitive pace from this, you know, this time twelve months ago has increased exceptionally. So obviously our expectations are going to be up as well. So um, last year at Townsville we had um, we had pace, like we had a really good qualifying car. We we're kind of just learning our learning our strides of our qualifying to race pace and we had a good qualifying car. I think I qualified third maybe I think in the shootout third. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. And I, I think I got to the lead or I come I got to second off the line or I got a really good start and then the tires just fell off the car and I knew after that after a couple of laps I knew we were gonna be driving good. That was really hard on the tires. So hope hopefully we'll, you know, we you know, twelve months later we've cured a bit of that problem. And um, we can, you know, qualify the front again and try and, you know, race the win. One of the reasons, and, and you know, we've put it down to because there hasn't been, you know, you haven't suddenly, you know, got a different car or anything like that. You've got a new car, as most other people in the field have. But one of the reasons is personnel. And one of the personnel changes in your team was your the other driver. Anton has, you've, you've made mention in the past that he's given you a, a real competition. He's... he's Topped you a couple of times in qualifying, but as much as he's given you a lead on setups and, uh, and the way in which uh, you get the car handling. Um, yeah, correct. Like Anton, he's a good, he's a very good driver. Um, obviously, he's very inexperienced in this game. Yep. But it does that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, our our, our two engineers, Marco and and Al, do a fantastic job of managing the both of us. And obviously, I'm, I'm trying to get him up to speed as much much as I can, so then he can help me um, make the car faster and make the team better. Da 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 da. Um, you know, he he really come into into our help at at uh, Phillip Island. In Phillip Island, we, we ran two different types of setups. We ran our standard sort of setup in my car because obviously I think I was second in the championship at the time and I didn't want to really risk anything. And Anton ran the new or the sort of different style, the, the, the newer style of setup that um, was kind of unproven. So we didn't, we didn't really want to put, take a risk and put a mic up. So, you know, first race, I out-qualified him. But I kind of knew in the back of my mind that his, his car is faster. And it, it showed that in the race he was able to... My car sort of didn't hang on in the race that well and he caught me and had a lot more pace than me. So the next day, like his exact same setup is from the day before and we went front row and led the race, had a chance to win, didn't end up second. So if we didn't have him in the team to sort of run that setup and, and kind of persist with it, we we probably we wouldn't be in the position where we are today. So yeah, it's, it's actually been a really good thing to have someone that um, 
the car fast and, and isn't kind of jaded by position, he's just happy to, happy to turn up and perform at his best regardless of what they give him. That's kind of a, a really good team player. What, one of the other things that is quite obvious, and having sat and chatted to you early this year, um, is that how well you, you get on together. I mean, while you're um, you know, a 10-year veteran almost of uh, the series, and he's only just arrived for two years in the development series, um, you know, he's obviously, he's not challenge, challenging you in terms of, uh, uh, you know, for your, your seat or anything, although you joke that there'll be probably the bloke who sees you out of the team at some stage, but um, you, you obviously get on well together. Yeah, of course. Like, part, of, part of our culture is we all have to get on. But we try and, what I try and do is create an environment that's addictive to working and addictive to, to turn up in. If I create an environment that was shit and stressful and no one, no one really liked being in it, why would they, why would they keep coming back? Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, uh, like, obviously, Anton is a, you know, he's new to the series. He's got a, you know, fresh set of eyes. He's always happy because it's so, it's so cool for him because he's probably watched it on TV for a long time as a kid and now he's part of the big, the big mainstay. He doesn't have an ego, and that suits me because. I don't really like egos. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've got Townsville two races, you've got uh, Queensland Raceway two races, and then the single race, the Saturday night 300 thriller in the dark. Um, that's a whole new challenge in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be different. Um, it's going to be very, very different. never really done a, a night, inverted comet night race before. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Eating plenty of carrots, trying to get my eyes fired up. <laughs> or retinol or whatever it makes, makes your eyes see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the team itself. Um, do you get to the workshop very often? Um, yeah, I try and go when I'm in Melbourne three three days a week. I try to. Right. Okay. I try to. I, I don't. Obviously, I don't have a lot of. Um, if when I turn up there, I sort of saying good day, checking in, making, making myself known. About it, really. And that's about the same for Anton as well. Well, Anton runs a sim there, so. Oh right. Oh okay. So he's a. He's a bit more. Do you, do you actually use it to get on it at all? Uh, I try to. I'm not very good at it. I can barely do a lap <laughs> without shunting it big time. Okay. Were other, you know, PlayStations or things like that ever big in your life? Not really, no. You're more hands-on man. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I'm a, like, I like gaming, but not that sort of gaming. Like, uh, motor racing gaming is too far removed from the real thing. Yes. So it's kind of hard for me to put together. I, I must say, I, I always found it very difficult when Nissan had their challenge, you know, sort of thing going with the young men who were coming across from e-games or e-sports. And I couldn't equate as to how you could really successfully, you know, integrate someone from who's been sitting in a room to jumping in a car. I mean, the, the, yeah, I know, yeah. the two seem so removed. It is very, very different. Yeah. There's, yeah. no, there's no fear in a game, is there? No. No, no. And, and of course, one of the things that makes great drivers is not necessarily fear, but it's knowing as to where your limits are. So you go right to the edge of those limits, but not over them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with the sim, though, it actually, like, it can help fast-track learning. So it's like if Anton, he's never been to Darwin before, and he jumps on the sim and does a million laps, he kind of knows the style of corner. If it's a proper scan track, he knows the style of corner. And what to expect if he 
You know what I mean? Like yes. Breaking markers are sort of the same. Um, but he just has to put the feel to it, what he, not what he does naturally, and he can get a good result out of it, providing the car's fast. Yeah, okay. Like Darwin, I was telling him, Darwin's on the easiest track. Like, um, it's only six corners, even though there's 14 on the paper, there's only six that we break. Yeah. So, really, it's, it's only, if Tasmania had three corners, or technically three, four corners, it's not, well, it's not even twice as hard as, as Tasmania. Tasmania is one of the easiest tracks around. Yeah, yeah. I remember the very first year we went to uh, Hidden Valley, which was obviously 20 years ago, um, and going up to the back, and it might have been, it's when you're coming out of the loop, um, and you can stand there, and you can actually see through six or seven different corners, and it's really fascinating to watch, to see a car at different angles, the way in which, and see different competitors, the way they took each of the corners. Yeah, okay, yeah. I love that track. It's got great flow, great feel, kind of a really nice... Really nice, well put together track. You've a number of years now with a well control engine in front of you, and you obviously feel that you're not missing out on anything there. Well, um, yeah, I think we are now. I think some of the other teams have developed a little bit better engine package than us, and uh, in, our, in our speed traps and in race trim, we're not super fast down the straight, like it's you know, like not, not, as, not as good as what we'd like, but otherwise, we All right, David. Well, it's been terrific talking to you, and I uh, hope that you have a great weekend in the uh, FNQ. Uh, um, enjoy the heat. I'm sure that uh, being away from Melbourne won't uh, disturb you at all. <laughs> all right, well, we'll, we'll catch up with you uh, after Queensland Raceway, and hope you have a, a terrific four races and maintain your position. Thanks, Tony. Legend. Uh, it was great listening to Dave Reynolds. Um, he uh, will be well and truly ready with his uh, teammate Anton Tibasquale to get yet again fly the Erebus flag high this weekend. They're certainly building, and uh, while uh, Anton hasn't been able to post race results, I'm sure their qualifying will probably be just as high up as they've been uh, appreciating and uh, achieving in recent times. But after the break, we'll be back with Jeff Docks later. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back, and a bit unlucky the first time, but we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We've got a special treat this week. We're joined by long-time friend and uh, a uh, well-respected member of the supercar fraternity in Dr. Jeffrey Slater, the only doctor of engineering in our paddock. Welcome on board, uh, Jeff. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Greg. Good to be here. Okay. Now, Jeff this year has got a, a different role to what he's had in recent times. Uh, I first met him when he was with Brightec, the when that uh, team, a Greenfield team, was set up. Uh, was it 03? Uh, 05. 05. Okay, jumping the gun a bit. I, um, and uh, in recent times, uh, he's been, uh, first of all, Brightec, then when uh, Jason Bright went and drove with the Stone Brothers, Jeff joined uh, Stone Brothers Racing, 
and then uh, joined Techno um, and uh, has a, a unique uh, place in the history of the sport in that uh, after having the very most successful year for a single car team since Glenn Seaton in 97, Jeff uh, engineered Shane Van Gisbergen to being second in the championship in 2016. So that was one thing. And then 2017, lo and behold, gets a Bathurst 12-hour and a Bathurst 1000 in the same year. So that was pretty special times. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it was 2014 for Shane and 2016 for Bathurst, but I'll, I'll take credit anywhere it's due. <laughs> My dates are all up the spout, obviously. Uh, I live out too much in the, away from newspapers and what, knowing what day it is. Anyway, so now Jeff has uh, bobbed up with Kostecki brothers. Now, the Kostecki brothers, West Australians, um, there are two brothers and a cousin. They are Kurt, Jake and Brody. And Jeff is both team manager and race engineer on Kurt's car. Kurt, of course, most recently uh, has left Triple Eight, where he was a mechanic in the uh, garage for Triple Eight. Not a race weekend mechanic, because those weekends usually were involved with him driving one of the uh, cars that Kostecki Brothers Racing. So now your role is uh, both team manager and race engineer. That's quite a role. It is quite a role, and with three young um inexperienced guys I would say it, it is quite difficult to try and maximize the most but it's a great challenge I've uh, enjoyed this year okay so uh, in you've taken on something else this year because you're going to be running a wild card now there aren't many teams who've been doing wild cards in recent times Brad Jones ran McCauley up in uh, Darwin and they're running him again at Queensland Raceway, I think. Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, they're running him at uh, Tail and Bend, where you're also running, but only after you've run at Queensland Raceway. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Now, Townsville last year was uh, unique uh, because, in fact, that was the debut of Kurt Kostecki in the main game, wasn't it? Um, last year or the year before? Year before, 2016. Yeah, when he subbed for Lee Holdsworth. He did, yeah. He did, yeah. Okay, now, in that particular instance, it was not only uh, Kurt that was subbing, it was also the car that subbed uh, for Lee, wasn't it? It was. It was. Lee's car was um, permanently damaged from the accident at Hidden, Hidden Valley, so uh, Kurt kindly stepped in with his car and his body and, and filled in for, for Lee in their time of need. So that must be encouraging for, for both Kurt and yourself in that the, you've been there before, or well, you've been there, obviously, before in your role, with techno, but um, Kurt's been there, and so therefore it's not all totally new. It's not totally new, but again, the game has, has moved a long way in those two years, and he was very green back then, and even he acknowledges that the challenge was a bit bit too big back then, but I mean, we're, we're here, here to learn. I mean, obviously a DVS is the step, Dunlop Super 2, should I say, is the step up from you know, young drivers who want to do something into the main game uh, so the idea of doing the two wild cards is for them to get experience with, with the soft tyre, with racing against the big boys. So uh, he's relishing the challenge. And obviously it, it does help that he's been to Townsville before um, in uh, in running in the Super 2 this weekend. Um, the track offers you some unique characteristics, doesn't it? As a, It's not a street circuit. Uh, it, it's half street, half permanent. It's um, actually a really nice track for both uh, the crew and the drivers, so you know, we're looking forward to getting up there. Um, and you have uh, two races or three races weekend? Two races, two qualifying 
one on Saturday and the race on Saturday and the qualifying on Sunday and the race on Sunday. This is one of the nicer formats this year, isn't it, that uh, rather than having to, to do the three-race uh, format? Absolutely. I mean, it's better than last year. Last year we were crammed four races into a weekend, so this year has been much nicer, but it's good to get into a, a, a one qualifying and one race per day. Okay. Now, the particular instances, your team um, consists of... Um, Jake going back to Western Australia each time a race weekend's over, but does he spend any time in the factory with you guys? He comes over before we do uh, a round, so we'll, we'll do a, a simulation session at McElroy's um, uh, simulation. Um, I've, I've lost my mic, my train. Sorry. Getting to know the track more than anything else. Yeah, so he'll come over and he'll do a simulation session with Kurt and Brody yep. just to familiarise himself back into the track, into a car, that kind of thing. Obviously, with the limited testing that they can do and, and the limited running that they do, being in DJ, um, it's, it's good to get kind of a, a step forward. Um, Does it help because the three of them, obviously, while they compete against each other, they're far more helpful than if they were just drivers competing against each other, weren't they? Uh, absolutely. I mean, they're family, so they, they do rev each other up, which is good. It's a good yeah. challenge for them. Um, yeah. But they learn from each other. So that's the strength of the, the Kostecki group is one might be strong in one area, one might be strong in another area. Um, Brody is particularly strong in qualifying and, and Kurt is particularly strong in the racing. And all three of them are rubbing off on each other in the, their strengths. I'm right in thinking that all three of them have reached personal bests this year, haven't they, in both qualifying and races? Absolutely, yes. Um, Jake being the one who most likely, because he's not qualifying as strongly, um, has been the one who's also been involved in incidents uh, in, in races and, and getting the odd DNF. Now, unfortunately, he's had um, a few incidents over the year, but the strength is when Jake starts at the back, he can move forward. He's a very good passer. Uh, he's a good racer. Just loves being there. Okay. Now, Father Stephen, that's, of course, Jake and Kurt's father, he, he's involved intimately in the team? Uh, he kind of uh, just just keeps an eye on it from afar. I mean, obviously they're based in, in Western Australia um, and I manage the team in Queensland to do everything. Uh, any big budgetary expenses obviously have to get passed through him. So he just keeps a, 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 an eye on it from afar. Okay. Now you're actually uh, having something that uh, is unique in, in the uh, supercar series because you're actually racing last year's model um, in the main game. Yeah. Uh, running uh, your Super 2 with uh, the dual springs in the back and a change of um, uh, rotors at all, or is it the same? Yeah, everything's the same. Everything's yeah. the same except for the introduction of the, the twin spring package. Right, okay. Um, so you're running against the ZBs, which will be interesting in itself to see. Uh, hopefully we have the advantage. It'll be obviously pretty early in the uh, piece on the Thursday or Friday, rather, that uh, when that happens. Now, uh, you know, this weekend uh, coming up in Townsville, um, you're feeling fairly confident of some good uh, pace on the cars? Um, I'm fairly, fairly happy with the base that we've got. I mean, it's a few years since we've run a hard tyre, uh, coming from the main game, it's been a soft tyre for the last few years, but uh, I think I think we've got a handle on on the setup that we've got. Um, where do you think um, Kostecki Brothers Racing are going to be going? I mean, obviously, this is early days. This is it the second year of the team? Is it? Uh, I think it's the third year of the team, but the second year they've kind of tried to be a bit more professional with the running and and also run three cars, of course, which was a, a move up. 
Um, so you're most definitely planning that you'd be there next year? Uh, yes. yes. The, the idea is, I think, long-term, obviously, they're, they're still young. But they'll, they'll want to move up into the main game. If the team could move up to be in the main game, that would be great. Um, but it's still early days for that. But I'm, I'm just trying to get them the most out of the package of the drivers in the car. You talked about um, Brody's strength in qualifying and Jake's good at passing and Kurt's uh, good in racing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what are their, their particular habits as drivers? Have you seen any, any real trend that they have? Are they showing uh, uh, more resilience in, in because they are a, a pack of three uh, guys who are related? Uh, I think slowly the resilience is coming. Uh, obviously, the banter between them after... Uh, each session and each race of who's done what and, and what times have happened. And I think they're learning each other's good strengths and hopefully we're diminishing their weaknesses between the three of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully the, the three learn the strength. Jake is a particularly strong breaker. You know, Kurt is very smooth with how, how he runs the car and flows the car. Um, Brody is aggressive, which is why he's you know, good in that qualifying situation. So, I think they take little bits of elements off each other and, and they're learning as a package, so to speak. I, I mentioned earlier that Kurt had, in fact, left Triple Eight, where he had been a full-time mechanic. Um, he's now joined KBR as a mechanic, is that right? Uh, he's joined KBR and he's uh, currently looking at opportunities within the, the structure. Brody is there also as well, full-time. Yeah. It must be a very different environment where you're working. This is sort of family, and and you you obviously have a lot of weekend guys coming in, don't you? We, we do. So when we go away to a race weekend, obviously more than half the staff that we get are either volunteers or um, just just flying flying uh, mechanics. Um, yep. In the workshop, we have four or five full time guys, including myself. Obviously, there's Brody and Kurt, and we have um, the head mechanic, um, Steve White. Who you've been with for several years. I've been with since uh, Brightech, believe, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. And we uh, we have a, another mechanic panel guy, uh, Andy Hackett. So there's, there's five full-time crew, and then when we go away, there's another five or six that come on board. Well, it, it sounds like you're going to have a, a challenging weekend. I mean, obviously... Uh, um, Brody and Jake have been to Townsville before. Uh, all of them have been to Townsville before, so yeah. Um, so that it's just a case of as, as normally in a Super Two uh, round, it's getting on top of the speed as quickly as you can and getting up to a qualifying pace and being comfortable at that qualifying pace as early as you can. Absolutely. I mean, the, the good thing is we've come from a track such as Perth where everyone just wanted to save their tyres for the race, so practice basically meant nothing once you had done your first or second time lap that was it but your, your your practice was done whereas at least townsville the, the track grows with you so that natural will learn during each practice session and the good thing is we basically have three sets of tires for two races so tires aren't an issue for this weekend and most of all do you, do you find that the super two regulations and the way in which they run the weekend works pretty well uh it does. it's a good learning step for, for these young guys, uh, Jeff, with the uh, with your philosophy on engineering, it's been well established. But to be a team manager, how are you going with that role 
And uh, of course, you've been understudy to some some very interesting and and a, a number of former Formula One uh, operators. So, how how what have you been able to take from them, and how are you operating at at that level? Um, obviously, it's a little different from from the the main game, but I, I try and keep the structure as similar to that as I can. I mean, Steve Hallam was a great inspiration in learning management. His management style was fantastic for a small group of guys. This is what we have. Um, so I've taken on board what Steve's taught the techno group when he was there. And obviously Steve and, and Andy actually came from techno as well. So there's three guys who came from techno. So we kind of run that style for now. Um, it's a different uh, uh, mindset to be in coming from an engineering background to take on being a team manager, but it's uh, no, it's been very fruitful so far and uh, hopefully I, ca- I keep it going. And how do you put those building blocks in place to be able to move the team to the next level? Because it's one thing to have resources, i.e. money, and uh, then, of course, the staffing, but it's another thing to have either access to or ownership of a rec to be able to in- enter into it? Absolutely. I mean, for now, it's baby steps. Let's basically get on top of this Super 2 package. Uh, let's get on top of the Super 2 uh, championship, um, maximise what the three drivers can do. I mean, currently, for Kurt's third in the championship, and I think Brody's fifth. So the idea is let's try and just maximise what we can do with this, and if say, a wreck opportunity arises. I mean, it's a big financial um, risk to go down that path right now. So right now, keep it simple. Let's focus on, on what's in front of us, which is the Super 2 Championship. So is it a what, two- to three-year plan to make that next step? I would say so. You've worked with some amazing drivers from Shane, Bridie, uh, Will Davison, uh, I, I can't remember every driver. Oh, of course, Paul Dumbrell last uh, last couple of years with uh, the Eccleston team. What yep. is there a commonality between all the drivers that you've worked with in the past, or are they all s- complete individuals? I think they're all complete individuals, which is what gives them their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, yeah, I can't can't highlight two drivers that I've worked with that have the same personality or characteristics behind the wheel or uh, they are all individuals how hard is it for you then to get to the the core of them so that you can have the successful relationship like you've enjoyed um it, it does take a while it's it, it basically t- learning the communication skills between the driver and the engineers i think the hardest thing they know that they're talented they know what they can do I know what I can do, so really it's just unlocking what they're saying to me so I can make it happen. So with the young guys, they're actually working quite well with um, very keep, keeping it simple. If if changes aren't felt, say they're not felt. Don't don't lie and pretend that I want to hear something or anything like that. So I mean, with, with Shane and, and Will and, and Bridie over the years, basically you know what they're going to say after working with them for so long that they can come in and just other two or three words, and you know the direction that you need to take the car. Is trust more important than a good relationship? Is it just like uh, being friends, if you like? Is it just they have to trust you no matter what your personalities are? Uh, I, I think it goes both ways. I mean, tr- trust 
trust respect. Um, it, it's good having the interpersonal relationship with them, but they, again, the, the, the trust and the respect needs to be there. One of the things that uh, you're not wanting to find when a driver comes in and comes in for a debrief is uh, getting any sort of surprises. It's like going out on a date and suddenly when they're saying to you that, um, what's wrong, honey? You know, <laughs> If a driver's coming in after a session and saying, oh, the car's doing all this and you you're suddenly going, what? Why didn't you tell me that earlier? That just doesn't happen, does it? Oh, it happens. It happens a lot more than, than you think it does. Even with the top teams, I guarantee it. But, uh, you know, you look at the, the, the trials that Triple E are going through at the moment, you can see that there's times that they've come in and, and it's been a surprise with how the car's behaving. Yeah. Um, it's just how you get on top of it, how, how you manage to drive them, how you manage um, the car. Fortunately, there are very few real um, regulation changes through the year. Uh, you know, the, the the season itself sort of pretty well unfolds um, organically. You don't have to be concerned about you know changes from one round to the next, do you? No, no. It's, it's very a very simplified format, which is great. Um, a great environment to be in. Okay. Um, and of course, uh, so you've got Townsville to uh, run your three cars. Um, then you've got just the one car at Queensland Raceway, uh, and the next time after that you'll be back to uh, doing the main game at uh, in August, at the end of August, at Tail and Bend. Have you been there? Uh, I did the GT round earlier this year there just to get a bit of a heads up of, of, of what the track layout was like. And, and are there things that uh, you'll see vastly different to what you've normally seen at, at other tracks we go to as supercars? Um, it's got obviously different areas that are similar to other tracks. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the supercar's like around there. GT car is a totally different beast. The one thing I, I thought that there were, there are a few corners and sequences of corners, all rights and maybe a couple of lefts, but um, that were going to be fairly demanding on drivers. Is, is that right? Is that how you read it? Um, there could be a couple that are, are tricky to, to negotiate, but um, yeah, again, we'll, we'll see what this car produces. Uh, and, of course, um, Kurt hasn't been there yet to Talon Bend? No. No, okay. So that's a, another part for him on a simulator, I imagine. Uh, uh, yeah. So I, I have some, obviously, some... There's onboard footage from Wink Up doing a lap in, I think, the uh, Scott Taylor Merck that he can look at. Getting some time on the simulator to look at um, general layout and, and how everything will flow. So, yeah, a, a bit of work is cut out for us, but... No, it'll be good. And uh, you must obviously have still fairly close uh, ties with Triple Eight, not only uh, um, because of Kurt, but also your own. Uh, you've worked several years with Techno and, and beside them. Um, I, personally, I have, have um, a good association with Triple Eight. Uh, as a team, besides being a customer of Triple Eight, we really don't have much to do with them. But um, no, I, I still have a good, good association with. Everyone, eh? Are you expecting any surprises with running a VF versus a ZB at uh, Queensland Raceway? Uh, hopefully not. I mean, we're, it's a package that's been around for the last five years, six years, since 2013. Um, obviously 2015 with the VF2. But um, it's a package I've run there. It should, should be okay. Okay, now your test day was recently rained out, is that correct? It was, so we are planning on testing uh, the 11th in a week and a half time. 
All right. Well, uh, it's been wonderful to catch up, Jeff, and to hear the news. We'll be watching closely this weekend. And, of course, uh, this is one of those weekends, one of the six priority uh, races that actually they're on uh, live free-to-air. So I'll uh, take particular attention to watching those and seeing how you guys go. Hopefully we deliver for you, Dan. Wonderful. Thanks so much having Jeff Slater on board Inside Supercars. After the break, our final thoughts on this week's Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's crew at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Craig, my final thought revolves around receiving that Logie this week, the seventh one for the Bathurst coverage. But one of the things we really should in this country be very grateful for is the way in which our motorsport is covered. Because as Nathan Prendergast talked about last week, there's an enormous amount of sport covered, not just at the very top end, but right the way through on on Australia. We have some wonderful programs like Speed Week on SBS when the GTs and sports sedans and lots of other categories get to air. The one consistent thing is the pictures so often look so good from our sport. I think that when you compare with what we do in this country to what's done in both the UK, Europe and America, we're, we're really well served with it. It's uh, uh, quite outstanding the way in which our coverage is. One of the interesting things, I, I've spoken to drivers who've uh, worked like uh, Marcus Ambrose and Will Power one of the fascinating things about it in this country that our cars are made to look brutal, our supercars. They look like real beasts to drive. And yet so often you find that when you're watching American racing, particularly on IndyCar, on, on ovals, but even on, on the uh, road courses, and particularly NASCAR, is the cars, they look like slot cars. They don't look like fearsome beasts to drive. And, of course, we know that's the exact opposite of it because it's so close it doesn't take much to get out of the window. But anyway, so I think we should all be very thankful for the television that we get, and albeit only six weekends a year of free-to-air. I don't pay for the privilege of watching Fox, but uh, I'm quite happy to get what I do. Craig, you live in a different world. I do, I, and I think Fox has uh, revolutionised the coverage for the uh, fan who is willing to pay that extra that extra. Um, but it's horses for courses. My final thought is Jamie Wincup has uh, an amazing record at Townsville. It's going to be interesting to see if he can make a charge in this weekend's event and really use this track, which you can't call it a home track, but the fact that he's had so many wins there uh, it would be interesting to see if he can use it to his advantage. Over the years, he's been able to springboard his uh, championship successes from Townsville. And, uh, well, if Scotty Mack has a great run or if Jamie has a great run, it could set up for the uh, Newcastle decider. Or it could even determine it well before then. A lot of people um, are talking about 
rounds after this. Of course, Sydney Motorsport Park, Sandown and Bathurst, they are all worth the same amount of points for one race. But uh, it's Townsville, in my mind, that will determine how the cards might be falling and it could put a lot of pressure on some people and it might take a little bit of pressure off others. We'll have to see how it pans out. Well, that will give us all good reason to watch whether it's on free-to-air or on pay TV. And, Craig, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually seeing the cars on track as it's happening with live timing, being able to provide that extra little piece of information. So from Inside Supercars, thank you from me. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.